It's an incredibly emotive experience, I think, to just watch your food being cooked over fire. We've been cooking over fire for thousands of years as humans. And in some respects, it just gives you that atavistic feel. And it's very basic. But at the same time, to do it to the standard that MasterChef is doing it to is extremely skillful. Hello there. If you find yourself looking for a slower way of life, of travels, connecting to the people and the places around you, you're in good company. Join me, Molly Reese, for season five of our series, a season of stories shared by budding hospitality hosts, bringing a fresh perspective to their spaces and cherished caretakers whose local roots run deep in their renewed sense of places. This is Stay in Good Company. Today, we're in great company with Amber Pledge, who, with her husband, Charlie, recently founded Cabin Company, Scotland's first luxury, regenerative social hospitality brand designed to connect guests to their surroundings, blending Japanese minimalism with Scandinavian contemporary design, starting in Loch Finn with plans to expand all across Europe. Amber, welcome to the show. Happy to have you in our company. Thank you so much for having me. Really pleased to be here. Of course. Now, before we get to know one of the UK's best remote stays, according to the Times, and one of the coolest places to stay in Scotland, according to the Herald, we want to get to know you. So can you tell us a little bit about your personal passions, your early career and worldly travels prior to finding and founding Cabin Company? Yes, of course. So I'm not from a hospitality background. I was a debt finance lawyer for nearly a decade. So working on multi-billion dollar acquisition financings. And I really felt very frustrated by the lack of purpose in that job. For me, I didn't have any vested interest in whether the deals I was financing were successful or not. And really that made it feel like quite an unfulfilling job to spend my career in. So I knew it had to change. I also appreciate that it afforded us an incredible lifestyle. We got to live in the UK, but also in Dubai. We got to travel around the world, both for work and also personally. And that was an incredible privilege. So it was a difficult decision to to quit the career, especially as I was dual qualified. So I was qualified in England and Wales, also California. So it was difficult to quit after putting so much effort into that career. And I think also the other reason, I guess this is a bit personal, but My dad was an entrepreneur as well, and he had a successful business for quite some time. And around the time I was leaving school, it all went wrong. The business went bankrupt. And as a family, we lost pretty much everything from the material perspective we had had each other. And I think seeing my dad be an entrepreneur and then seeing the downside of being an entrepreneur put the fear in me. And that's kind of what stopped me from taking the leap, to be totally honest. I think for a long time, I needed that comfort and stability of being in a corporate job. But fundamentally, I wasn't finding it a fulfilling way to spend my life. So I knew it needed to change. And I think what we found is just as a couple, Charlie and I always love travel. I think it makes your life feel much longer. It gives you memories. It gives you experiences. It's just so enriching for you as a person. And we've always traveled with a very critical eye for detail. So when we go and stay in a hotel, we're never going and staying there and just relaxing with our feet up. We're like looking around the room at all the design features from the light switches to where the plug sockets are, to how the bathroom's been designed from a practical perspective, to looking at the service and who's great at service and who isn't. And that's something that really stands out to us. And we've really enjoyed just traveling around the world and staying at lovely properties and really analyzing them from that perspective. And I think when you do that, you always think you could do it better. 
So it became a point where it was just like, we need to do this. We need to try and create something. We want to create something ourselves together. We think we can create something very cool and something that doesn't really exist currently. And that was really the driving kind of force behind us creating Cabin Company was this desire to create a new sort of hospitality product where you're in a self-catered property. So it feels almost like an Airbnb, but then like a more elevated experience where there are touches that make you feel like you're almost in a hotel experience at the same time. And that's where we saw kind of gap in the market and wanted to explore. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one who looks under my pillow for the tag and looks at the coffee (laughs) pot and tries to find it online. So I'm glad I'm not the only one with that eye and attention to detail. But I also fully believe in this concept of experiential travel and how to really immerse yourself in the place and see the opportunity for the place that you're staying at to be much more than just a bed at night. And so I think we can dive into that conversation about all that you're doing to create that sense of space, that sense of place and that experience. But before we get into Cabin Company, how did you and Charlie meet? Can you give us a little bit of a glimpse into your love story and what it's like not only being life partners, but business partners too? I know he can't defend himself here, but I'm happy to hear your side of the story. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So we, gosh, we met at University College London. So we were both at university or college in London. And we both played field hockey. And so that's kind of how we met originally. And then my best friend was on the same course as him. So he was studying environmental geoscience. So she certainly had a part to play in connecting us. And yeah, that was, so we've been together 17 years. We've been married for eight years. We are very different characters to be totally honest we have a very aligned vision on what we want to achieve in life but we're very different personalities and we sort of dovetail each other's strengths and weaknesses quite well in that respect and working together of course (laughs) I'm not going to say it's easy it's hard working with anyone full time but I think the fact that we're both really committed to what we're doing and we both feel very passionately about what we want to create it means that it's not a chore that we spend 24-7 talking about the business and our plans it's something we enjoy doing and I think that's very different to our corporate careers before and I think in those careers it felt a bit resentful when you were having to work till three in the morning and every weekend whereas now you're doing it because it's something you're creating it's something that excites both of us so yeah it's definitely challenging but rewarding at the same time. Well, that's certainly the entrepreneurial spirit speaking through. So I I know you had mentioned that you were very hesitant at first to go off on your own and to pursue this adventure. Was there a particular moment? Was it a person or a place that inspired you to really take the leap and create what would become Cabin Company? I've been wanting to do something. I've been wanting to step out of the corporate field for a while. And there were personal situations that happened in the past couple of years that really showed me that life's precious and that's really limited and that actually you really need to spend every day doing something that energizes you to get out of bed because it's short and you never know how much time you have left so I think personal sort of things that happened over the past couple of years really put that drive into me to make the leap but the inspiration really came from traveling to really luxury design properties in nature. So we spent a lot of time in Japan. I absolutely love Japan for a number of reasons, but we spent a lot of time there traveling around rural areas, staying in nice rear cams. We also spent time in Bhutan. Bhutan is like one of the most incredible countries to go and visit. And we went there, gosh, nearly seven, eight years ago. 
when we went there, it was like this untouched, pristine wilderness. The, the airport in Bhutan is this, I'm going to get off completely off track here because I just love it so much, <laughs> but the airport's like in the mountains. They have to take, there's only like a handful of pilots who can even land there. It's like this really dangerous, uh, dangerous airport. But you get there and you're in the middle of these beautiful mountains and you have a guide who shows you around. They take you to places that you wouldn't otherwise go to. And it's just this genuine like utopia it felt very like untouched by the western media they only actually started having tvs in bhutan in 1999 which i mean just blows my mind and it's a largely subsistence-based farming economy and you really do get a feel of this like everyone is so happy and relaxed in nature just living a very simple connected life and i think that was really eye-opening for us. So I definitely recommend anyone going to, to Bhutan. And then the other thing that really inspired us was our travel on safaris, so luxury safaris in Africa and also in India. In Africa, they've been doing this for 50-odd 50, 50 years where they've combined really luxury off-grid travel with conservation and connecting people to nature. And I think that was a really big inspiration to us. And it was like, why? You know, I appreciate there's obviously the game and animals in Africa that that create the experience but there's also something just lovely about spending time in a nice property in the middle of nowhere and just looking out and watching nature around you whether that's big cats or not there's something very nice about doing that so we really wanted to see how we could incorporate that kind of feeling of almost being on a safari but here in Scotland that was a big inspiration for us. Well, and so what drew you to choose Scotland to choose Slockfin in particular to build out this proof of concept that you have? Scotland is just the most beautiful country. You feel very remote very quickly when you're here. So within an hour of the major cities, you can feel like you're in the middle of nowhere without actually being in the middle of nowhere, which is a really nice, comforting feeling to have where in the wild, but you can also get to civilization if you need to. And we are really blown away by the beauty of the landscape and the variety of the landscape here. You've got so much going on in, in different parts of the country. Loch Fine in particular is a beautiful spot. It's very famous for the seafood, so Loch Fine salmon and Loch Fine oysters. It's also the longest sea lock in Scotland. It's I think 60, 65 or something kilometres inland, which is pretty long. And it's a really beautiful spot. Inverary is the, the nearest little town. It's a very, very sweet town. You can go and have a nice coffee. There's a lovely castle. And so for us, the location was just perfect because you're right on the loch shore. You can sit there enjoy your morning cup of coffee, looking over the lock. We have a resident seal population, which is pretty cool. I just spent so much time just staring out, waiting to see their heads pop up. We've got red squirrels over at the cabins, which are very rare as well, which are really cute. For me, I think it just felt like a really perfect location to create this kind of feeling where you can be in nature, but you can still get places and go and explore locally. So yeah, that was the kind of the reason why. Well, it sounds so serene and also full of activity and characters to watch and to witness when you do pay attention to those little details immersed in nature. And I think that the design of your cabins, which I'm sure you'll speak to, allows you and almost invites the guests to really appreciate and understand all of the different senses that they're experiencing in the moment. But you had hinted at the fact that you also have great access to seafood, to oysters, to local farming. And so your husband, Charlie, simultaneously created Wild Cabin Kitchen to coincide with Cabin Company. Can you share a little bit more about what inspired this separate yet very complimentary venture? Yeah, of course. 
think we both feel that there's no better way of connecting people with place than through food. We're both massive foodies. And whenever we travel, for us, a large part of our enjoyment of the travel experience is the food. So we always wanted to find a way to combine some sort of restaurant element with the self-catered cabin. So we partnered with this really talented Michelin-trained chef who cooks entirely over fire to provide our guests with really unique private dining experiences. It's been going incredibly well. I think one in two guests books up a private dining experience during their stay, and it happens on the estate. So just up from where the cabins are, it's about a 20-minute walk along the lock shore. And they're hosted in this stunning old greenhouse, which has old-growth vines draped through it. It's rustic, but it's so romantic and just such a unique experience because you've got a private chef. He's cooking everything over fire. All of the ingredients we use, we're very much focused on local, like hyper-local produce. All of the meat, that the only meat that we will use is wild. We will not use any farmed meat because we don't have any apex predators anymore in Scotland. The deer can be quite a big problem across the landscape. And so eating wild venison is a very sustainable thing to do and not only that it does actually taste incredible and it's a really beautiful lean meat so venison tends to feature quite heavily at some point on the menu but it's a largely vegetarian experience with as I said just hints of wild meat in there and yeah it's, it's an incredibly emotive experience I think to just watch your food being cooked over fire we've been cooking over fire for thousands of years as humans and in some respects it's just gives you that atavistic feel and it's very basic but at the same time to do it to the standard that our chef is doing it to is extremely skillful so I think marrying those two things together is, is really very cool so yeah and then we got featured in Condé Nast just before Christmas as one of the most beautiful restaurants in Scotland which was really really a lovely achievement for us we're not technically a restaurant yet but still to be recognized for what we've created was really lovely and, and really a credit to William he's an incredible chef it's so neat that you've been able to see that your guests can really experience nature through the lens of cooking and through the food as well. I think that for a lot of folks who live in the city and might have access to fine dining, of course, a lot of us feel like we we want to get out into nature, but then there's those creature comforts of what will I eat? How will I get access to the local community, to the good food? And you're really combining all of that. You're providing this elevated experience, this amazing food and flavor, but you're showing that it can be done over the fire with little means. And so I think it's that sense of comfort, but also that sense of creativity and curiosity that is just so nicely and beautifully presented. And I think that, yes, you do that with the food, but there's so many other ways to experience the cabins and the property itself. And so in creating these spaces and in opening the doors of your cabins to your guests for the first time just a short while ago, what were you thinking? What feelings did you want to evoke out of your guests? And what did you really want them to take away? That's a really good question. I think coming from a corporate career where you're sort of expected to be online 24-7, I think we really wanted to create a place that people could come to just rest and recharge and have some downtime. Even now, you don't have to be in a corporate job to be on your phone 24-7. Technology is everywhere and it's all-encompassing. And our attention spans are so much shorter now because we're on our phones the whole time and we're flicking through reels and pictures and videos. So I think now more than ever, it's so important to just spend some time disconnected from your devices, just sitting and being present in the moment and slow kind of living. And that's what our cabins provide is that opportunity to come and really just relax and 
take time to be more present than you would otherwise, which is it's hard to do when you're in your home because you're so used to doing everything and going places. I almost think you need to have somewhere else to go to, to to take that time to sit and relax and recharge. So we really wanted to ensure that our guests leave feeling rejuvenated and feeling freer and clearer mentally. And I think also the other thing that we really thought was important was we wanted to connect people to their surroundings. And sustainability has been a big, important feature for us since the beginning. And we both really do believe that if you spend time in nice properties in nature, there's no better way to get people feeling passionate and inspired to at those places and so that's always been in the background as a really essential part of what we want to do and what we want to create that's so beautiful hello worldly travelers and loyal listeners do you know of places and people we can stay in good company with are you yourself a host looking to share your story and welcome in good company we're always looking for new places to travel new people to meet share who you know and where they are by sending us a note at stayinggoodcompany.com or by mentioning us on our social media channels at Stay in Good Company. We'll be sure to give you a shout out when we're there. It's time for us all to take a trip to Cabin Company as it stands today. So can you paint us a picture of your cabins? You've purposely designed them to connect us with our surroundings, as you've mentioned several times. So what Japanese and Scandinavian design features stand out most to you and why is that? So there are two cabins. They're located about 150 meters apart from each other. So you feel very private and on your own, despite the fact there are two cabins. That was really important to us. We wanted to ensure that you felt private, secluded, and on your own and not right next door to your neighbor, which is how a lot of properties are developed. And each of the cabins is clad in charred larch, which is a Japanese technique of preserving wood. So it's essentially it's burnt and what that means is that you don't have to use any nasty chemicals to preserve the wood. It has really incredible antifungal properties and it just looks beautiful from day one, but also as it ages, it looks beautiful too. So that that's definitely one element. Both the cabins were prefabricated, so they were built in a warehouse and craned into sight in one entire unit. But we wanted to make sure they were both bespoke, so they each have slightly different design variations. One of them is a portrait orientation, and it has a glass slash gable. And then the other is a landscape orientation with a glass corner. But both cabins feature floor-to-ceiling glass so that you can really spend your time just enjoying your surroundings and looking outside. It really The focus is always, is always supposed to be the outside, not the inside. And so inside as well, we try to keep the interiors very clean and very Scandinavian and minimalist in design. We didn't want them cluttered up with loads of different items and objects. We really wanted it to be like a clean, clear space where you can just relax. And I think you need that. You need that interior that's minimalist in order to clear your mind and feel a bit freer. So that was really important to us. We also have these like slapped shutters as well, which can slide across the glass windows if you want extra privacy. And then... I guess the other thing to mention is the interior. So the actual, the walls and the ceiling, so it's a, both cabins with pitched roofs, are just the unfinished natural product, this cross-laminated timber. So you really do, I think at all times, just have this great sense of kind of connection to the outside and that you're sitting in this beautiful structure from what's created from wood. You're looking outside over the loft, seeing the forest around you. It's, it's a really immersive experience. Oh, it certainly sounds like it. And then you've also chosen to accompany that with 
very intentionally selecting certain amenities and perhaps excluding others. And so can you share a little bit more about that and having those amenities help with the relaxation, the privacy, the tranquility that you keep speaking to? I'd say the one thing we don't have, which most hotel suites do have, is a television. We were very clear that we weren't going to have a TV. For us, the TV is nature, it's real life, it's what's going on outside your window that you should be focusing on. So that's one thing that's very different to what you would find in a hotel. But in terms of other amenities, we've been very thoughtful about all of the linens that we use. So they're all organic and fair trade. The duvets are from this amazing company called Duvet Hogs. So they're made from recycled plastic bottles. But even the company that makes the duvets, they run off an entirely renewable powered factory. So it's really nice going to that extra detail. Not only is the product itself sustainable, but the company behind that product also has thought about what it's doing for the environment. And I think that's really been really important for us. With Southgate properties generally, it's often it's a pain point if you have to take your own herbs and spices and salt and pepper and things like things you don't need loads of, but you want to use during your stay. So we supply organic herbs, spices and oils for people to use during their stay with us as well to make it a little bit easier and, and nicer. I think through to kind of linens, to the towels, through the herbs and spices and the products within the cabins, I think that's where you can elevate the experience a little bit more beyond your standard Airbnb property. Well, and with such a critical eye in your own travels, it sounds like a lot of these decisions you made selfishly with great intention in the sense that <laughs> that's what you would want to experience as a guest. And that's what I would want to experience as a guest. And so you felt confident in those selections. You took that extra time to make those intentional decisions and look into those companies themselves and their practices. And that just goes to show how much care and attention has gone into the space itself. And I know that through that too, you've also created what you call home truths, which I think is such an interesting way to present your space, your property to your guests in a very honest way. And so can you share a little bit more about what your home truths are? Yeah, of course. So you're right. It's very different to most hotels probably wouldn't put a home truths page on their website. They, most um, hotels but... over promise and under deliver. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think is really frustrating. I think we've always wanted to do the opposite. So under-promise and over-deliver has always been our, our goal, really. And the home trees are really a section that we just want to be transparent about the product that we've created. This was our first time building something. And as you said, it, we really did build it to be something that we wanted to go and spend time in and stay in, and which we felt didn't exist in Scotland when we were looking for it. But it's not to everyone's liking. There are things that we will do differently going forward that we will change, but we want to be as open and transparent as possible. There's nothing worse than seeing beautiful pictures on the internet and then arriving to, to be disappointed or properties that show kind of angles of rooms, but not the actual room. So we wanted to have loads of photos on the website. You really do get a sense of what each cabin looks like. And then the home trees are really there just to, as a backup of, you know, these are the things that we think aren't perfect because we are perfectionists and some people might have problems with those things. Other people will be like, who cares? That's not important to me, but at least it's there for people to read if they do want to read it. It just takes that uncertainty out of the picture. People are more confident in booking their experience in how to arrive. And so automatically it just allows them to have that sense of relaxation over that stress or that anxiety of, I've never been here before. What do I do? Are they going to have this? Are they going to have that? I just really appreciate that you took the time to be uncomfortable and sharing some of those truths. But I think 
that will help guests in the long run. And perhaps that's a, an ever evolving list that you continue to refine and to perfect, as you had mentioned. Now, you had hinted a little bit to why protecting the environment has been a priority for you two from conception. Do you have any other more examples that you want to share there in the building and operation process? From development, we wanted to do whatever we could to make the product sustainable. Prefabricated development by its nature is a more sustainable way of developing and building because you do it off-site in a warehouse. So it's a much more controlled environment. There's much less waste involved than when you build something on-site. And you're also not then disturbing the surrounding environment as much as you would be with a build on site. So it's a much better way, I think, of building. All the elements we really have thought about, so our septic solution, that is a gravity-fed solution that uses recycled coconut husks to filter out the waste. We're on a protected lock, so we have to be very careful about making sure that we weren't going to pollute it in any way from the sewage perspective. So that's kind of all tied up there. As I've already mentioned about the organic and fair trade linens that we use and all the soaps and cleaning products are eco-friendly, the organic herbs and spices, as I've mentioned already. We also plant a tree for each, every stay of our cabins. We partner with a a charity called Ripple Africa that plants trees, which is an amazing charity. And then we have a dog charge too, but 10% of that we donate to the Scottish SPCA, which is an animal rescue charity here in Scotland. So we really try and think about how we can... Not only is it protecting the environment, but it's also how can you give back and how can you contribute better to society? And I think all businesses have to now think about this in a much more meaningful way. And I think from our perspective, we really wanted to do show that we've done that from kind of inception rather than trying to make ourselves better going forward. We wanted to be like, what can we do from day one that is going to be sustainable and considered? Well, and you've done so much already, but I also hear that learned mindset. And I think that with your own personal travels to these other countries, these other properties, these other luxury spaces, you're able to pick up little tips and tricks here and there. You're able to find different vendors. And I think that even by attracting like-minded guests, perhaps they share some suggestions as well. So it's definitely something that can be ever evolving. And I just love that you have taken initiative from the beginning and you're not cutting any corners, but you're also willing to continue to add to that sustainability experience. And as we had mentioned briefly, part of that sustainability experience is even experienced through the food with Chef Hammer. Now, what are some other ways that you've crafted and curated experiences for your guests so that they can really savor the memories with Cabin Company? Sure. So I think one of the things that we really wanted to do was partner with like-minded individuals locally and I think it comes back to what you just mentioned about our guests are very similar and very like-minded in their ethos and what they enjoy and we really wanted to be able to build on that and to some extent with a self-catered property it's quite hard to provide those curated and authentic experiences so the way that we thought about doing it was partnering with what we called cabin ambassadors we have our whiskey expert who was our very first guest at cabin he has been back, I think, four or five times now. But he can provide a remote whiskey tasting if you'd like that during your stay. We also have our yoga and meditation expert, Rosiana, who she's currently the principal dancer at the Scottish Ballet, but she's also a trained yoga and meditation expert. So if you want to, we've got yoga mats in the cabins for guests to use. You can have a remote kind of yoga session or meditation session with Rosiana. And then we have foraging experts we focus with woods who are an incredible couple 
they forage the most incredible mushrooms and wild herbs all around Scotland and they supply the best restaurants in Scotland with produce. So that's an experience that guests can do en route to the cabin so they can have a foraging experience and then when they arrive at the cabins you can cook up the mushrooms over the fire and that's a really cool experience actually. So I think that was how we thought about and also obviously wild cabin kitchen is another experience of kind of incorporating experiential travel into a staff catered property. That's so neat that you've brought in the local community. So they're getting to meet your worldly guests and they're getting to share their little passionate piece of Scotland with your guests. But then it also just gives you that credibility, that authenticity and those different moments to experience a property in different ways. Now, with you being nestled along the west coast of Scotland, stunning coast, as you had mentioned, do you have any personal favorite places to eat, sites to see, things to do that our guests should experience? It's hard to pick one favorite, but from a food and drink perspective, obviously I'm biased, but Wild Cabin Kitchen is the best. But also we're very lucky there's a craft brewery down the road from where we are called Fine Ales. They have a lovely like area where you can go and enjoy these craft beers that are all locally produced. So that's a lovely thing to do. You can either drive there or it's actually quite a lovely little walk you can do to get there. Inverary Town is very, very pretty and that's a lovely place to go for a quick coffee in the morning or breakfast. If Wild Cabin Kitchen is booked, then the alternative restaurant we would always recommend is Inver Restaurant, which is about 20, 25 minutes drive away. They've got a green Michelin star and it's wonderful food there too. And lots of our guests enjoy, enjoy meals there. But really, to be honest, I think like the thing I just love doing is just going on lovely walks when I'm there and just spending time outside and, and then coming back and cooking produce at the cabin. So Lockfine Deli is a short drive away and that's got a great selection of locally produced food and meats and fish. So it's really nice just cozying up in your cabin and, and cooking a nice meal together and just being on your own. Especially around Valentine's Day. It just sounds like the perfect <laughs> getaway, the perfect little date night experience. We love to go find local produce and just figure out what we can come up with for dinner. And so that sounds like the perfect way to really experience that and be present in that moment. Now, I'm sure I speak for both myself and our listeners in wanting to know what the future holds for you, your family, and your future guests at Cabin Company. So being just a few short years old, what can future guests look forward to at your current location and what's new and coming soon that you're most excited about there? So at the current location, we're going to be expanding on the Wild Cabin Kitchen offering. So to date, we've done mainly private dining experiences up in the greenhouse and also um, supper clubs. But we're also now going to be offering guests the chance to have a cookout over fire, literally outside the cabin on the lock shore. So I think that'll be a really fun experience for guests to enjoy. And then in terms of other things that we're doing, we're currently raising funds to develop our next site. So we really want to create a larger site, but done in a very thoughtful and low impact, small scale kind of manner. So we want to have 10 sleeping cabins spaced far enough apart that you still remain feeling private and secluded. But also we want to incorporate a central social space where guests can come together. But again, building on that idea of people being very like-minded who stay at our cabins. We think it's so nice to have that central space where you can come and connect, meet other like-minded guests, talk about the things you've seen and what you've done during the day. It will also offer a space for us to host pop-up events. 
So we're really excited about building this new site and we are literally at the early stages of raising funds and locating that next site. So yeah, people have to sign up to our newsletter to stay updated. (laughs) Yes, and we'll just have to have you on again. So I figured there was another one in the works. Are there certain areas of Scotland, of the UK, of the world in general where there's those untouched landscapes, those underserved communities that have really piqued your interest? Are there several that are on your wish list that we can speak into existence 10 years from now? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think we're both very focused on Scotland, to be totally honest. There is so much variety here, so much potential. The people are lovely, the culture is incredible. The the landscape is beautiful. So we see a huge amount of potential with Scotland in the near future. And then who knows, hopefully we'll expand across the UK and further afield. But for the moment, we're definitely very much focused on Scotland. Oh, so exciting. And then what about for Wild Cabin Kitchen? Is there plans to grow that concept? You had mentioned really making it into more of that restaurant experience, of course, while continuing to collaborate with Cabin Company. Yeah, I think we will continue to build on that with Wild Cabin Kitchen. We collaborate with other local businesses. So castles and other event spaces will go and cater for their events as well. So we we do kind of work together with other local businesses to offer our services. And we've got a, few, a number of weddings lined up this year already that Chef William's going to be catering for, which will be incredible. And then we've also got some other exciting collaborations, which I'm not allowed to actually say yet, but watch this space. There are some exciting things coming up this year. We certainly will. And gosh, I just want to have a taste of it. Hello, worldly travelers and loyal listeners. Are you too planning your upcoming travels and in search of independently owned and operated stays and experiences to visit along the way? Head on over to stayinggoodcompany.com or our social media channels at stayinggoodcompany and drop us a note with where you're going and when, and we'll be sure to set you up in good company for your trip. Just don't be surprised if we hide away in your suitcase and join you in your journeys. So now that we know what it's like to stay in good company at Cabin Company, we've learned and grown in good company with you, Amber, and thus I have a few final questions, what I like to call a toast to table topics. Who would be a dream dinner guest, someone you'd like to share a meal with? I think for me, I would love to share a dinner with Luke Bales, who is the founder of Singita, which is the most incredible safari experience I've ever, ever had. We went to one of their properties in Tanzania, or two of their properties in Tanzania, And I was just blown away, to be totally honest, by the whole experience. The lodges themselves are absolutely beautiful. The design and the thought, the attention to detail that's gone into the actual hard product is incredible. But also the service and the people who are providing that experience on the ground, they're just wonderful. And it just went so far above and beyond any other kind of five-star hotel experience I think we've ever, ever had. And the fact that they then mile up with their conservation efforts and giving back, that's the dream for us. And I think, so yeah, having dinner with Luke would be an incredible experience and I'd want to be asking a million questions. And then, I don't know, maybe who else? I guess maybe Tim Ferriss is another guy who I would love to have. He's not in hospitality, but I'd love to have dinner with because I'm just really impressed by the way he, not only as an entrepreneur, but also as someone who's constantly seeking self-improvement. He's really inspirational in that respect. And I think... I listened to his podcast for the past like seven odd years and they really opened my mind up to just different people and people's achievements and how they got the, got to those achievements and I find his podcast fascinating and, and I know he also loves Japan so hopefully he'd love our cabins too. <laughs> yes yes oh I'm sure well he listens to this podcast so 
we'll, we'll just make sure. <laughs> we'll send him that personal invite. <laughs> now, <laughs> do you have a favorite or perhaps a least favorite memory of a guest? No need to name names, but please do share. That's hard. Not really. Our favorite guests. There's not one. It's just seeing people enjoy spending time at the cabin, seeing them getting out on the loft, going paddleboarding, going for a cold swim, and also appreciating the kind of detail, attention to detail that we have gone to in the cabin with products and things. I think that's to us really special. And we've had a number of proposals. Actually, just last week we had another proposal at the cabins. And I think when you see people enjoying what you created and spending time in that space, it, there's nothing more rewarding. And in terms of bad guests, no, not really. I mean. The occasional guest might leave it a little bit messier than we would like, which is slightly unfair on the cleaners. But luckily, that's very few and far between. Most of our guests are incredible. That's great to hear. Yes. As we've been discussing, you're attracting guests that want to take care of the space, that appreciate what you've done. So hopefully that continues. Now, for you personally, do you have a favorite spot to sneak away to on your property or along the coast? There's a really beautiful spot, actually. If you come straight out of the cabins and you turn left, there's a track that follows the lock shore. And about one or two kilometers down the track, there's a really beautiful little beach spot, which has an incredible view all the way up to the glens at the head of the lock. I absolutely love just going and sitting there and watching the sun. Mm, It sounds magical. Now, since you are such a foodie, is there another town or city in the world that you'd like to visit and learn more about their culinary culture? Well, Charlie and I both really definitely want to go to Patagonia. We've always wanted to travel there. And we've been fortunate to travel to many countries around the world. And Patagonia is the place that has evaded us to date. But we're desperate to go there and try the food there. Um, inspired by people like Francis Melman, who cooks over fire. And yeah, that would be an incredible experience to just travel there. Oh, absolutely. Now, is there another sustainably focused hospitality experience that you've enjoyed? I know you've mentioned a few safaris and Japanese stays, but are there any others that you'd like to visit that you have not yet? I think what's so cool is that nowadays sustainability is so much more at the forefront of hospitality that it's almost everyone has to be doing this, right? Yeah, exactly. I do think safaris are always going to be high up on my list because I just think there's nothing more magical than sitting in an open top vehicle and just watching wildlife around you it's just such an emotive and visceral experience that I just I will always continue to love doing that and as I said Sangeeta have really you know blown us away with combining all the elements of hospitality with conservation um so I think we'll just be dreaming of visiting more of their properties if we can absolutely All right. And to not overstay our welcome, I want to wrap up our conversation by asking if our listeners haven't already done so during this episode, where can they go to book a cabin stay or experience? So we take all of our bookings direct. So you can go onto our website at www.kabncompany.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at Cabin Company, LinkedIn, Twitter, or X. Sorry. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So getting used to that one. So we're we're everywhere as Cabin Company, but K-A-B-N. Perfect. And then where can they learn more about your private dining and upcoming supper clubs through Wild Cabin Kitchen? So we have a separate website for the dining experiences. So that's uh, wildcabinkitchen.com. Again, it's K-A-B-N. So you can find all your information about booking and private dining experiences on that website. Perfect. We will be sure to link to all of that. So thank you so much for joining us, Amber, and for sharing with us a place where we can relax and recharge with much more to come soon. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. Thank you for listening along. 
I hope you found yourself to be in good company. I know I did. Be sure to rate and review, invite your friends along, and find out more ways to stay in good company in the show notes below. Until next time, remember to slow down and to savor the company you're in. Cheers, my friends.